Okay, so greetings once again. This is uh, Vernon English, um, and basically the author of uh, The Seeds of the Time Before Time. Now, it's an interesting um, thing, as I say, when I do these um, preludes to actually um, the written um, that I wrote, or the story, is that really excited about doing this and I try to keep it all under the hat and be an adult about it and not uh, having uh, what do you call this a scratchy voice <laughs> or um, a pitchy voice when it comes to the characters but this one in particular is an addition of the Green Kings and uh, the little Manfroid and if you've been following from the last story it's a continuation of a uh, continual Part of the series and as I just said it was the reason why I did added it to the second book um, I was so taken uh, with it because uh, literally I was describing uh, myself and um, fanciful or uh, made-up characters in my head and literally of my uh, grown self experiencing the world on a um, celestial or a cosmic aspect and so afterwards, and this is the continuation to say or describe what happened before is quite literally um, quite, oh, I'm going to say something most people don't witness, but others can fathom of experiencing something at a young age and something quite traumatic. But then too, having the childlike essence or essence, excuse me, to still have this quality or, or curiosity for life. And I know that is a great quality to have because um, it's what I possess when it comes to creating something, when it comes to describing something, when it comes to even looking at something that I've seen before. I, I want to see something new about it. So I'm looking at it with fresh eyes. And in particular, you can't teach someone how to do something like this because it's like, to find joy in literally the act of doing whatever it is that they're doing. And so this child um, runs into these beings who exist and they're surprised that he can see them. And so they are then surprised by the wisdom that he has um, just by speaking the truth when um, many others um, around the world or in this celestial-like place are doing so many other different things at the same time. And so they take them to this council where they were to actually discussing, quite ironically, what was going on on the surface and how all these things were happening with all these different beings and if they should intervene. Now, I described in the last one um, when they decided that the two green kings would, uh, and this is the council that was there, with this angel-like um, being and many other beings, giants, um, beings from different places and dimensions, uh, decide that they would go in and reconnaissance instead of going off of word of mouth of what their uh, subordinates had said to them. And to trust the word of these two beings um, is to say that that's not even the case. Um, them being there would literally be the judgment itself upon what uh, could happen uh, from their decisions. So I think it was a very uh, important uh, stature in this point of the story to describe um, how they interact with one another and how they respect themselves and from their different places and perspectives and them reaching a different level of not uh, humanity 
for consciousness, but reaching this equilibrium of sense of reflective self, meaning as in they see themselves and others and their infinite differences. And they've reached this point of not peace, but sense of uh, wisdom that comes with that peace because it took some time to get to that point. And uh, even one of the giants had described it and he says that, um, and, and I described this in his mindset and I don't even think I worded it this way, but to go into a warlike essence is something that he would never do um, or never want for the person that was his opponent because he looks at sparring as something else as uh, learning or, or constantly sharpening a sword versus going all out against someone who had wronged or vengeance, um, something that you cannot take back. And so these things, and, and one who engages in such things will understand how uh, if you go all in, it's, it's all in. <laughs> it's, it's a thing of not even going halfway. You, you, you do it and it, it, it's done. Versus understanding the ramifications, the spiritual ramifications, the, the karmic ramifications, the dharmic ramifications of everything that one does. And it's not to say to step on eggshells, but to, to take a, a closer look at it. And, and that's why they're sending the Green King and, and this child up to give reconnaissance. To, to make a, a, you know, a clear example of what uh, should be done. Versus making a, a judgment when it's difficult in itself to even verse what a judgment is. It's to say, if you haven't even seen it with your eyes, how can you decide what this is? And even looking at it with your eyes, what are you seeing? So, that's all. Um, it's an interesting play on words. And in this particular story, um, they get to the surface and they are greeted by um, other beings who live in the trees. Um, they look like... Um, the bark or they look like uh, you know ground faces or something um, very uh, I want to call uh, deva like or devas or beings who look uh, taller in trees or tree like beings and um, yeah they, it's the beginning or precursor to their journey so it's just a, a simple conversation and the green kings uh, converse with one another as to what um, the young man or the young man Freud knows and uh, yeah, I know you will enjoy this and thank you for listening there's so many other stories I haven't even begun to share and I'm just getting into the rhythm of it and um, getting into this mental space of appreciating um, my creative acumen so um, thank you guys for listening and bless you The Little Man Freud, The Two Green Kings Returned they did to the celestial above, greeted by the others with gifts, so many mahogany faces placating with their trinkets. The youngling felt it time had shifted, something he could not explain, looking to the seas with funny symbols written. Never mind those, the elder green king explained. You are a nexus. The sky turned fuchsia. The second sun came into view. A gentle stream flowed adjacent their stroll, curious the trees contorted to listen. Did you understand Nexus, this word I mentioned? Laughing, the younger green king spoke. Of course not. 
Young man for it, you hold limitless dimensions. This is how you found us. This is how even now we remain unaffected. Tell our tales to many other worlds. Our colors you need not mention. The council you saw, you hold relation of this celestial's happenings. If the weight of the other man for his crimes against nature outweigh lives, I dare say that a tragedy would be upon them, the likes of Ragnarok's eyes. The youngling looked to the, to the streams, squinting his eyes, swimming in alliteration, or perhaps distracted by definition. Nexus. I like the name of that. Can that be mine? Okay, and so this is the afterthought for um, the little man Freud and the two green kings. And I want to bring up a few points um, about why I wrote it this way. And this was probably, not probably, it was in 2016. And uh, particularly, I referenced a few different uh, settings in the story. Um, one being as celestial as the planet's name. And then uh, them returning back up to the surface world um, after the meeting. Um, very Lord of the Rings-like type of setting. And so they move in through the path that they originally had taken or had taken. And um, now they meet all the, the characters that they originally, um, the young Manfred and the Green King, um, had left behind. And so as soon as he gets back up, he's like, whoa, time shifted. <laughs> it feels different. It, it feels almost as if they were there for months or uh, weeks. And um, it's just something that a person, um, or something that he couldn't describe, but he, he knows that. Um, he had been there for a amount of time, but he still feels the same. Um, and then he asks the Green King, or rather the Green King asks him, uh, the Elder One, uh, he tells him that he's a Nexus, and a Nexus is a connector point of many different ones, and he's asking, well, do you know what this is? And obviously the other Green King uh, says, of course not. Uh, and they tell him that he's the connecting to all of these different places. And that is uh, primarily the, one of the reasons why they found him, or he found him, and uh, how they could see uh, him and how he could see them, if that makes sense. And um, the others uh, probably told them via the words in their eyes, but throughout the conversation um, before they left and came back to the surface, they all made this decision of to take care of this young uh, man, Freud, because of his specialness. And um, basically the Green King, or the Elder One, is saying that um, the reason why he came along was to make sure that nature was okay. And I, I allude to this in a weird way of balance of technology and nature. And this was the first mention of it as to describe how uh, one is and can exist, but it kind of counterbalances the other. And if you think of nature and how um, it flows and you think of technology, it has a whole entirely different flow. I'm not saying one is good or bad, but they're just two different types of flows. And so when you say this, and uh, he's saying like, well, they literally put it in, and uh, I mentioned it, it says, um,
And he says, the counsel you saw, you hold retention of the celestial's happenings if the weight of the other man for its crimes against nature outweigh lives. Now, crimes against nature is an interesting interpretation that I was even developing back then of uh, the current state of affairs of how we view um, the world around us. And we are the caretakers of this place um, for the next generation and the generation afterwards. And... Um, no shots fired at who takes care of their land better than others. It just weighs on one's heart after they leave this place and after they die to talk about how <laughs> a funny conversation of treating a tree for the animals that could not defend themselves against a man and all of his musings and all of his ideas and how he shifted the environment around him and how he affected those people just by him existing and um, I call that not a crime against nature to just destroy something because obviously destroying something leaves place for something else it's just um, karmically um, how does it affect even on a butterfly effect of the world around you and I wanted to make that point of saying it or, or make a play on words of saying um, crimes against nature and um, there's literally EPA and uh, environmental protections against certain things of wasting and literally purposefully destroying nature in a malicious way um, malicious meaning as in no care at all and I commented on this and I will comment on it later of why the elder green king came to the surface and he's Basically saying, I dare say the tragedy would be upon them, like the, the likes of Ragnarok's ires. And so, um, basically saying that nature is always watching. Nature is always there. And uh, nature is the first and best artist that I know of. And one that I could only hope to emulate. So, uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, I appreciate you guys. And uh, be looking for more.